In today's episode, in contrast to yesterday's episode, we're looking at players who might be sell highs for fantasy basketball trades. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. As I said, we're looking at sell-high trade targets today, guys whose value is much higher at this present stage than what I believe it's going to be for the rest of the season. So therefore, you should investigate whether you can trade them away. Now, selling high, the same as buying low, doesn't mean just getting rid of them at all costs. It doesn't mean selling them for a sideways player. It means getting value where you feel 75 to 80% confident, and they're just random numbers, but you get the idea, that you're going to do better in that deal in the long run, even if in the short term, you might lose out a little bit. And that's one of the keys in the sell high sort of trade is understanding that in order to get it over the line, you might actually be worse off for the next week. And that might happen. And you might get clowned by someone. You're like, hey, why did you do that? You're losing. Uh, that's cool. Um, but then for the other 20 weeks of the season or 14 weeks or 13 weeks or however long is left, you come out on top. And that's the idea in these sell high deals. Now, I realized yesterday when I did the buy low show, I neglected points leagues and points leagues, people. I do apologize. I am going to cover points leagues in this one today as well. And remember, this is not an exhaustive list. I could probably put 40 blokes on this list of guys who are sell high players. I'm not. I'm going to cover five guys who I think are important to talk about. So let's talk about them now. Let's start with the wiki. Chris Boucher. This bloke is the eighth best player in fantasy basketball at the moment. You don't need me to tell you well, hopefully, you don't need me to tell you that he will not remain the eighth best player for the rest of the season. Top 100? Sure. He's played 21 minutes a night. He's averaging 17 and 8 with four and a half blocks on 71% shooting. He has a true shooting of 78%. He has a usage of 23 there, Look, the minutes might stay. He's going to be a decent usage guy, and he is going to be a really good per-minute block, uh, or per-minute just player in general. He is not going to continue to block four and a half shots per game. He might block three shots a game. He might block two and a half shots a game. He might average 13 and six with 2.5 blocks, sure. But he's not a top 10 guy. He's not a top 20 guy. He's not a top 30 guy. He's probably not a top 40 guy. So when you're looking to trade him away, consider that. You look for someone who might be one of those players. Now, you're never going to pull this off. But Anthony Davis is way, way, way down the rankings compared to Boucher. You're never, you're never pulling that off. But what I'm saying is use Boucher. Use Boucher with a couple of other players who might be outperforming. Maybe a couple of other guys that you can see on this list here. Throw them together and see if you can get an underperforming Anthony Davis, an underperforming uh, Devin Booker, who's the 57th ranked player at the moment. That's the sort of thing you can do because multiple players will bamboozle other managers for sure. They will see two shiny things. 
two shiny players who are doing well. Hey, Larry Nance. Man, Kevin Love's out for the next four weeks. Do you want him and Boucher? Boucher, Aaron Baines. That guy's crusty and old, man. Boucher's taking that starting job. You want Nance? You want Boucher? Yeah, have him. You want Terry Rogier? He had 10 threes. Have them all, mate. Devin Booker, mate. Chris Paul's taking all the shots. Don't worry. Chris Paul's figuring it out. I'll uh, Take that. That's how you, you go about doing it. You don't have to use my accent, but you can go about doing it that way. Let's talk about the iron shoulder, Goran Dragic of the Miami Heat. 18th best player at the moment, averaging 19 points, 8 assists. Why is he the 18th best player? Well, he's averaging the 8 assists, they're helpful, but 2.5 steals and 58% shooting. Those two things will not continue. Yeah, straightforward. The 27 minutes a night, that's more likely to continue. He is fine. He's a 12-team league guy, but there are numerous things here that will not stick. 27 usage, that might not stick, but I'm telling you now that um, that 58% shooting won't stick. But I'll tell you what's interesting about his shooting. 81% on twos, wild. 13% on threes. Those two things are going to normalize, but that is going to drop his field goal percentage back. Yeah, 50 maybe. He used to be a 50% guy over a course of a season. That's dropped off. Maybe it's 46, maybe it's 47, but he won't be a two and a half steals guy with eight assists, with 19 points, with all those shooting numbers. Dragic is a guy that maybe you look at as a top, best case scenario, top 80. I don't even have him that high this season, Um, but just see if you can get any sort of top 60, top 70 guy back in a deal. Someone who might be, again, a little bit underperforming that you might be able to attack with with the value that um, Dragic is returning. The double royal, Julius Randle. Randall has been really good this year. Now, we know that if Tom Thibodeau likes someone, he's going to play a lot of minutes. So the 36 minutes a night that Randall's playing, he's going to stick. He's the 22nd ranked player, averaging 24 and 10 with over six assists. He's shooting 82 from the line, which is a surprise to be sure. A surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. He's also hitting 1.73s and doing that on 56%. So that's going to come down. Now, I have, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about what Randall's doing this year. The minutes, the passing, the fact that he is way more in control. And I don't think Tom Thibodeau is a good coach. I, I've said this many times. But he is at least 20 to 30 times better of a coach than what David Fisdale was. And no offense to Mike Miller, probably what Mike Miller was. It's not a low bar. The, the bar is so low, it's actually buried underground. But it's not, a, it's not a low bar to jump over to get better than Fisdale. But he is using Randall in a much better way. And I think Randall's going to be good. He's going to be a top 50 guy. But I don't think he's going to continue to be a top 25 player where he currently is because that shooting number is almost assured, not almost, absolutely assuredly going to come down. He will not continue to be a 56% three-point shooter. He probably won't continue to be an 82% free throw guy either. Terry Rogier, at some point, Graham or Rogier or both are going to lose minutes and touches to Lamella Ball. It's going to happen. Rogier is the 28th ranked player at the moment. He's averaging 27 points. He's hitting four threes a game. He's doing really not much else. Three assists, 1.3 steals. He's shooting 64% on twos and 43% on threes with a usage of uh, 27% in 33 minutes a night. The threes will come down. The scoring will come down. The field goal percentage will come down. The minutes will come down. The usage will come down. Everything is going to drop off for me. And I could see Rogier being a droppable player at some point this year. He, he's not there yet. It just depends on how much or what they do with LaMelo Ball. But that is going to come. And that's one of these examples I talked about where maybe you just lose out in the short term by trading away Rogier. Trading away Rogier for Lonzo Ball. Um, trading away Rogier for... You'll never get it for Colin Sexton. For Maybe, maybe for Colin Sexton. 
Like that is a sort of Markel Fultz. Like if you can pull off those deals, they're the ones that I'm interested in. Darius Garland. Now I love Darius Garland. It sort of hurts me to put him here because everybody who listens to this podcast or listen to this podcast in the preseason or watch the mock drafts knows that in basically every single draft, he was the guy that I wanted in the last round. And my reasoning was he came into last season with a no college year. Off-season knee surgery, John Beeline being a dickhead, him being a rookie, the team being terrible, and him just not having any preparation skills or preparation time with the injury and with the transition. I said, well, I think he's going to be a real sleeper guy. Um, He's been significantly better than I expected him to be. He's the 14th ranked player. He's averaging 19, 4, and 8 with 1.7 steals on 55%. Is shooting, including 50% from three. Can the assists stick? Maybe. They look really good. His passing's been really good. The 50% shooting and the 55% from the field is probably where I have my issues. He hasn't missed a free throw yet. He's a good free throw shooter. I'm not worried about that. But that three-point shooting and maybe that assist rate and maybe that steal rate comes down. I feel good about him being a top 100 player. No doubt about that. Top 15, no way. And that's just all. And, and you're not just giving him away. Like you're definitely not dropping him under any any circumstance. And you're adding him in every single circumstance that's available to you. But don't be looking to just deal him away for um, for, for somebody who he might not end up being better than. Like I can see. Now this is going to sound blasphemous, but I can see a scenario where he ends up better than Drew Holiday this year. I can see that. So trading him for Drew is not necessarily a sell high. It's about like finding one of those. I'm going to keep bringing up like uh, Devin Booker's name. We don't know about Jar Morant's status as well. You're never going to get Jar Morant for Darius Garland. But if someone wants to panic because they've got Morant and thinks he's going to be out for a uh, you know months and months and months, then maybe that's something to look at. It's that'd be hard to pull off. But I've seen dumber shit happen in leagues. I'm telling you now. Um, but looking for that sort of option is is what I'd be doing there with uh, Darius Garland. Garland. Let's go through some sell high points players. Christian James McCollum is the sixth ranked player so far. He's averaging 49 fantasy points. I think he's more of a 35 fantasy points guy. He's averaging 29 points with seven assists. There's going to be some drops in that scoring and in that assist. So he, to me, is a sell high. A couple of similar names on this list. Darius Garland is a point sell high. Goran Dragic is a point sell high. And Terry Rozier is also a point sell high. But so is Jeremy Grant who's been, the last two games especially, putting up big numbers. He's the 44th ranked fantasy points player, averaging 36 a game. He's playing 37 minutes a night. That's There's your key indicator. That's not going to stick. 21 points with almost six boards and 1.3 blocks per game. The last game was without Blake Griffin. The game before that was an overtime game, so big boosts in both of those. I think he's more of a guy that you look at in the 80 to 100 range rather than the top 50. So looking to sell high on Jeremy Grant in a trade in a points league is something that I'd be looking to do. Now, guys, I reckon that'll do it for me today. These shows are short and sharp. I hope you enjoy it. Leave a comment down below. Like it. Uh, Subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.